0: Log Talk Radio. It's already done.
1: It's It's the Pressure Points Unpacked Podcast with host Tyra Little. We're live Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. This show deals with personal and community issues by getting to the root cause and causes on an open and raw level. We're unpacking emotional, spiritual, mental, and physical topics that influence and often control us. Get ready to unload, examine, and process. Let's get unpacked on Never Handed So Good Sports Media Network, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time.
2: Hello, and welcome to Pressure Points Unpacked, where we are transforming Tuesdays spiritually, mentally, emotionally and physically. I'm your host, Tyra Little, and for the first half of the show today, we're going to have a candid conversation on the African-American community and the unspoken taboo on counseling. On the second half of the show, we're going to have civil rights attorney Kevin Walker come on board. And so today, helping me unpack, I have Pastor Anthony McCallum of Bethlehem Baptist Church College Place in Columbia, South Carolina. And Torres Sanders, who's a licensed professional counselor and licensed addiction counselor. So let's get unpacked. So as I said today, I want to talk about why is it that it seems that our community um, either run from counseling, or they feel that we don't that it doesn't have a place for us, or that they sometimes may judge you harshly and say, well, you know, maybe you don't believe in God, or it's just something unspoken around it or that you have an issue or you should be this macho person and your issues don't need counseling, like you don't need anyone to talk about it or to share about it. So I want to start off today by opening up a little bit with with you, Taurus, because um, I want to deal with it from the emotional and mental aspects of it. Tell me what's your thoughts on that, or what, what what do you think the problem is with our community with that?
3: I think there's a couple of issues that um, are at the the basis of this. I think first and foremost, there is a um, misconception that the counselor won't be able to relate to them. Um, I mean, it is a a fact that it is a caucasian majority profession um, so mm-hmm. finding you know people of of color um as counselors can be a challenge um in particular uh with men um there are only a few you know african american males in in the columbia area um so you know having that access um is is a factor mm-hmm.
2: That's,
4: all, that's, that's, that's a, a good point. Pastor McCallum. Uh, yes, I think uh, our counselor who was with us this afternoon hit it uh, totally on the head. Um, as it relates to, in our community, the African-American community, as he said, I think there's a major stigma surrounding, quite naturally, mental health and all facets of, of just uh, our health mentally. And not only just, uh, you know, uh, and one group is in all groups of our society, uh, but particularly is very prevalent in our African-American community, uh, which making the concept of sitting down, sitting down and talking to someone more so may connect a little different to someone who perhaps may look like them. As our counselor said earlier, it's a very heavily uh, white profession where you see mostly, you know, um, white individuals mm-hmm. are doing the counseling. Okay. Uh, so we have the stigma uh, that uh, we are tough, we're strong, as you said earlier from the last segment, uh, on last week, many feel like perhaps they may not need to see anyone or sit down and talk to someone, or uh, and to them, it seems like to be a sign in our community, you must be weak, something wrong with you, uh, mm-hmm. but you've got to go sit down and talk to someone. And they might say this, you meant been telling me you're going to pay someone to sit down and just to talk to someone? Mm-hmm. And uh, is, that, is, that, is that stigma that, wow, mm-hmm. is that the case? You can go sit down and uh, talk to anyone, and and not necessarily mm-hmm. the case. These are professional persons who have been trained uh to, to help persons who find themselves pressure, loneliness, uh, uh vulnerability of of things happening they see perhaps on the job. It could be a lot of things um, that that accumulate the person that, you know, sometimes causes them to be feel overwhelmed. Yes, sir. Uh, so it, I, I think it looks think like it's a we have thing for them to go see their
2: Yes, sir, definitely. Looks like we have some callers on the line. Um I'm gonna call sure. out the last and again, I want to invite you all, please call in this this we really need to have this discussion. Our numbers where you can reach us at is nine one four two zero five five three six one right now, I see a caller. your last four i'm gonna open up your mic is one zero four zero caller
5: um hi hi um. My name is Imani. I am actually in college studying psychology. Um, So this topic is really important for me. Um,
6: Okay.
5: I feel like it is a huge stigma on psychology as a major as a whole, you know, because Mm -hmm. just being a black person, they say, okay, well, this is what you've been through, so how would you know how to, how would you do this if you can't even help your own community? You know what I'm saying? And that's Mm -hmm. something that was said to me. On a campus, it's like, oh, you major in psychology, but can you help this person? You see what I'm saying? And it's a big stigma in terms of, you know, how the church handles it as well in terms of saying, hey, well, well, just give it to God. You know what I'm saying? And that's good. And that's good and well. And we should give it to God. You know what I mean? But at the same time, sometimes you have to feed your spirit and you also have to feed your soul and, and let God handle it. You see what I'm saying? And let the Word of God marinate, but also say, okay, this is what I'm dealing with in real life. Now, how can the Bible teach me in real life how to deal with this? You wow. see what I'm saying? So that's, that's my biggest thing, and it's just um, just learning and seeing so many different uh, backgrounds and cultures and, and the way people grow up. That's why I decided to not go HBCU and actually go PWI, because in the real world, Yes, I may be helping a lot of black people, but I might be helping white people, or, or or Mexicans, or Latinas. You know, so it's just that diversity of so many different backgrounds. And ever since I was probably in middle school, people have just came to talk to me. And it's not always that I had the best advice, but it's just always having that person that you know that it's sacred. You know what I mean? What you What exactly. that person is telling you is not going anywhere. And you know, sometimes when you're talking to a friend can't really trust that that's, that's where it is and that's where it's going to stay so I really do believe in psychology mm-hmm. and, and the bible as well and just piecing it all together because I feel like that's where psychology and counseling work when you're not doing yes. it just for mm-hmm. counseling but you're doing it and you say okay how can this help me spiritually, mentally physically because counseling and psychology is not just the brain but it's how the brain operates and, and it involves the whole body you know what I mean? Yes, ma'am. So, right, absolutely. Uh, this, this is a really good topic for me, and I, I really do love love it, and I'm so excited that you guys are uh, touching on this.
2: Young lady, you have said a mouthful. And
5: I, I'm i just – how old are you, Imani? I'm 19 years old. <laughs> 19
2: years old. And so let me ask you, in your group of friends or what you've seen in, um, in college, do your friends, do they understand that, like, what do they think, like, when it comes to counseling? Do they understand that counseling is important? I mean, I know you said that you've had some people that have said some different things to you, but, like, what do you see the, if you had to do a poll on your age group? Um, do you think that they would be more willing to go to
5: counseling? Um, I would say if they made their own decision, then they would go to counseling thing is, our our generation is so influenced by our parents and the people the the people that's in the music industry, I'm gonna keep it a thousand percent with you. So when you listening to your parents and they're like, Well, you don't need counseling, you need to go to the Lord you thinking, Okay, well I don't need counseling Or you you're talking to a friend and it's just like, Oh well you can just talk to me. Why are you gonna go pay somebody else? You're gonna go talk to that friend. Right when you when you listening to the music industry and they saying, "Oh yeah, we all we got to do is just smoke this, pop this drink this and you'll be fine." What do you think? Kids mm. coming up that's 12 years old listening to what are they going to do at 18 years old when they find themselves hurting? You think they're going to go to a counselor? No, they're going to go smoke something because that's what they that's what has been ingrained into them. Wow. The culture of hip hop, really if you, if you don't mm. pay attention to it, it can be ingrained mm. into your psyche. You know, so that's what my generation is going through is just not paying attention to what they have put into their their minds and their bodies and what they've seen. So all of that has influenced them to say no to counseling, to say no, uh, well, I feel like I can, I can, you know what I'm saying, I can pass. Right, you
6: know right.
2: Wow, Taurus,
5: um, speak to Imani because, yeah. I mean,
2: going into a field of where you already at so i, I really would love to hear what, what you have to say can you say
5: that so i one, think,
2: please? oh i just asked um torres sanders to actually to speak to hi, what you're Imani. saying Imani.
3: hi money uh i i appreciate your candid conversation about this um and i agree with you you know there is a huge stigma And, you know, I can think of times where I have uh, parents that bring in their, you know, their children and the child sees it as a punishment. They've done something wrong and counseling is going to fix them. And, you know, I have to work through that and try to connect with them and say this is not something that's going to be hurtful, judgmental. I'm not here to shame you or guilt you. I'm here to try to understand so we can figure out what we can do to make things better. And I think we have to treat counseling like um, an investment. You know, if you want something out of it, then you're going to have to put something in it. And unfortunately, we, we as African Americans don't really understand the benefit of investing in ourselves. And we see it on multiple levels. We see it with our economics. We see it with the, you know, difficulty unifying on different levels. And, and counseling is, is no different. We don't see the benefit of it until we're kind of forced to go to to seek it. And it doesn't have to be that. Your your situation doesn't have to be a catastrophe. It doesn't have to be a crisis to get some support, to get some assistance, to to just vent, if you will. Um, So, Monty, I I, I appreciate your candor, and I agree wholeheartedly.
2: Wow. Yes. Um. Pastor McCallum, um, real quick, because I do have another caller on here, too, with 1042. Um, Imani actually said the same thing, actually, almost that, that you said it. You said it different. Um, gosh, about the, you know, going going to the Lord. I mean, and this is one of the things that um, we hit on last week. Again, I have to applaud you because you saw the need to get. Professional help in your church. Not that they're going to be counsel with a deacon or an associate pastor. You saw yeah, the need right. to 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 make that balance. To say, no, yes, I, I'm I'm the counselor here. I'm I'm the shepherd. But you saw the need that the sheep needed some additional.
4: Right. Uh, All right. Good question. I think young. I think the young lady made a very, very powerful statement. I'm proud of her. Just the fact that she called in and and trying to gauge uh persons like Torrance and others who who are in that profession from my from my angle I look at it from the spiritual perspective of it which is the church and my angle I try to encourage uh, parishioners and those who come see me non-parishioners that the faith community and those who work in the counseling profession it's almost like really we are be like one big team because my my goal is just to hit the 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 inner part of man the 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 spirit piece of him, but then encourage him to go see someone that can talk to the other piece of that, that part uh, of the puzzle. And what I mean by that is um, the, the, the key is certainly any great counselor is to really have a listening ear and to gain the trust of the person that's coming to see them. And as, as Torrance says, you're not sitting in the seat of judgment. It's all times the church, sometimes spiritual leaders, if not careful, they they approach it wrong by automatically having the perception, you know, oh, it's, it, what you did is not good, young lady, young man, you know what God says, and that person don't need to hear that immediately and don't really hear it at all. It should be, it the word of God should be applied like medicine to a wound that's been cut or been hurt, and most individuals don't understand the art of knowing how to apply the word of God, the Bible, as an as a salve, as a, a soothing. A salve to to a hurt, hurt uh, spiritual hurt. See that there is no medicine that can that can solve a pain in the heart of the soul. There's there no medicine doctor can prescribe down right. to the to the core of a person's soul. Yes, sir. But the, the yes, medicine sir. the medicine is when you're able to start talking and letting them start getting it out, and they know you and in and, and that sacred that sacred space. They feel that you genuinely care. You're not judging me. You're not looking at me funny. You genuinely quit, you care. You really authentically right. care. And right. even Jesus hurt and Jesus wept and Jesus was hurt and he, he told his, his his close homeboys, or Peter, James and John, Y'all stay right here and y'all watch for me. Yo, y'all y'all,
5: right.
4: y'all watch for me. I'm going off for of, for a little bit to pray. Y'all keep yep. your eyes and watch me. Mm-hmm. Now if Jesus had to do that. Right. What do you think you and I will have to deal with in this world hey, that, and that, our that's younger generation, young you people?
2: Right. You you just hit a home run on that one, Pastor McCallum. I mean, really, you, you genuinely did. Um, we we have an, another caller here. Um, caller one zero four two. Hello.
1: Hello.
0: Hi. Hi. Um my name uh, how you doing? Um, thank oh, you good. for answering my call. Um, my name is Aliyah and um I listened to the show last week as well and um And and listening to you guys today, I'm glad that you um, expounded on it more because, uh, like, oh, my gosh, Um, because I'm a big advocate of therapy and Jesus. So um, I like the term that um, Mr. Sanders used when he said investment. Mm. You know, I think that. For the most there's several different things that's happening in the black community when it comes to therapy. One is of course, lack of resources, um, you know, deciding whether you're going to pay um, um, to see a counselor or buy groceries that that's 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 a big that's a big thing um, so and then um, therapy being seen as a white privilege and not necessarily something that um, that blacks should be doing because they got Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. The the lack of education and miseducation of what exactly therapy is. So I heard that um, I heard signs of weakness. Um, that it, it 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 sounds like you know you're weak or you you're not because we're taught to be strong. We're taught to keep moving. Right. But at the, time, okay. the other thing is if you're always in survival mode,
1: therapy is mm-hmm. about
0: learning how to thrive. So if Absolutely. you're constantly in survival mode, you're, the last thing you're thinking about is anything else. So, and trying to get people to understand that you have to get out of survival mode, you're no longer in even 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 sometimes not even being in the same situations where you had to be in survival mode anymore. They still don't understand the concept of thriving. Um, the and and also we have to understand that a lot of times, even with addiction, more than half of people that's on drugs that are addicts have some type of underlying um, mental disorder or trauma. And so, you know, it takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of – um it, and because we see, sometimes we see it as a weakness going to therapy, but it takes a lot of strength for somebody to – to um, look at themselves and say, okay, I might be viewing the world through the lens of trauma, through the lens mm-hmm. of uh, a mental health disorder. You know, it doesn't have to be the extreme, like, uh, you know, like what people say schizophrenia or bipolar. You might right. be depressed. You might have anxiety. Right. It may be mm-hmm. a number of that function people that's functioning every single day, right. going to work, have family, things of that nature, even having a social life that still deal with different um, mental health concerns. But because we don't want to address that every, you know, it's not the crazy person quote in the corner that uh, mental health is your everyday people. And we have, so we have to educate people that mental health does not look like the little scary person in the corner.
5: Right. We have to right.
0: normalize. We have to normalize talking to someone, and that, and 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 it's it's several different. It, oh my gosh! Like there is a scripture, and it, from is Ephesians three twenty. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could think, as or think according to the power that worketh in us. So when right. I right. when I right. hear that, I think about. If there's nothing working on the inside, no tools for our spirit to grab onto, mm-hmm. nothing, mm-hmm. like we we can take and go to church all the time, but if you don't read the Word, then what what, what are you going to regurgitate when it's needed? So right. when no, you're, you're out in the world, when you're out mm-hmm. in the world, what are you going to bring back up if you have no tools that was put in? So therapy exactly. is about giving people tools.
2: They can right. manage this body. Right, that's a that's a great point, Aaliyah. That's a great point. No, you're you're fine. I thank you so much for calling in because you said so much. And as we know, you know, when we're talking about these different things, man, it's it's a lot. It's 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 a lot to unpack. So I I, I thank you for calling in. I thank Imani also. We have a. It looks like another caller on the line as well. I want to. I don't want to keep them on hold too long, but I wanted to make sure that um right. that I got a that's chance the, to the give fun. them. Okay.
6: I, okay. Hello? Hello?
2: 5375.
6: Hi. 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 I wanted to make a response to the young lady before Imani. Your mm-hmm. words were well, your words were awesome. Who, and who we having gone through trauma who? and dealing with mental illness, we need more of you. We need right. your face. Call her, 5375.
2: Call her. What's your name? Can yep. you hear me? I can hear you, but what is your name? <laughs>
6: Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm Sharon. Okay, Sharon. All right. Yes. Go ahead. And she was very mature for her age. You are onto something, young lady. And we need more of you will help us come more forthcoming without issues that we have. Because we don't see us sitting in a chair, sitting and talking to us. Only time we'll see it, maybe it's on the age. A TV show or just acting or you know things like that but to have you is it's wonderful we need more younger think like you and we need more people that think like and look like us it makes right. it a little easier or comfortable to have conversation right As right why and, and these things happen we're we're uncomfortable in our own skin that's that's yeah.
2: valid I mean we have we have a lot of and, and there are um, a lot of other African-American counselors out there, maybe we just have to figure out how we're going to maybe have a a book or something that collects that where people can go to when they can find them. And so I don't know if that's something that's more so, and thank you so much Sharon for for, for calling in. I appreciate Mm it. Um, We're going to go on with the show, but um, I don't know if this is something that maybe sounds like it could be a grassroots for, The churches are something that when we have, um, you know, when you have your parishioners that maybe that come in um, and when you're counseling with them and when you see that they need a little more than just the spiritual side of it, that maybe you can refer them out to, um, you know, some other African-American counselors. Um, And maybe this is something that needs to be discussed. I know, I'm sure, Pastor McCallum, that your, your church is affiliated with different, you know, different churches have different group affiliations that maybe this is possible, needs to be discussed amongst the sheriffs so they can look at how to better serve their congregation. Um, I don't know, that's something that maybe we can look at. Um, it's time to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to bring in Civil rights attorney, Kevin Walker, um, but before we go straight to break, I just want to want to talk about this a little bit and we can, some things that we're going to have to tie up and, and think about and figure out how to make this work. You know, as parents, you know, when you have to take your children in, you know, we don't want them to feel like they're being punished. You know, I'm just, I made a couple of notes of things. Counseling is an investment. And we're going to have to do that. And I am so sorry. I, I said Kevin Walken. I meant to say Kevin Anderson. Forgive me, um, Attorney Kevin Anderson. Um, and then we need to figure out how we're going to educate our community. So right now, you're listening to Pressure Points Unpacked. I'm your host, Tyra Little, and we're going to go to a break.
1: You, your family, and your friends are invited to Embrace Richland County Gospel Brunch. Sunday, June 20th at 1 p.m. at the Wiley Kennedy Family Life Center located at 1034 Eastman Street in Columbia, South Carolina. You can also enjoy it virtually via live stream. It's a great way to celebrate Father's Day with the family. Enjoy soul-stirring gospel music and on-site a mouth-watering brunch. For your safety, we will be adhering to COVID-19 protocols. Get your tickets before May 30th, and they're only $15, $20 after that, or you can just simply buy a table. Tickets available only at Eventbrite. Sharing music selections will be international gospel star Luther Barnes and the Sunset Jubilaires saxophonist Dante Lewis and Jacqueline Kendrick Dance Ministry. This powerful event is sponsored by the Wiley Kennedy Foundation and the great folk at Richland County. You don't want to miss this fantastic celebration. So join us Sunday, June 20th at 1 p.m.
2: Well, welcome back to Pressure Points Unpacked podcast. And I'm your host, Tyra Little. And today on the second half of the show, We have civil rights attorney, Kevin Anderson, as well as we still have Pastor McCallum here with us, and Taurus Sanders, licensed professional counselor. So welcome to the show, Kevin Anderson.
7: Thank you for having me today.
2: Yes, sir, it's definitely an honor to have you on. Um, And I want you to tell everyone a little, give us a little background about yourself.
7: Sure, no problem. I am a attorney who practices in the areas of uh, police liability, which is a subsect of civil rights law. And I also practice uh, in the area of criminal litigation. Uh, Our office uh, is located in West Palm beach, Florida. And uh, we also have two other offices uh, in uh, Jacksonville, Florida and Atlanta, Georgia. So uh, in Florida, the practice is primarily focused on uh, civil rights, which, uh, uh, for the benefit of uh, uh, those who kind of uh, place it in a, a category that is uh, limited, uh, I just want to be clear that it's a broader picture. Uh, it encompasses things like voting rights, uh, housing, uh, discrimination efforts, um, uh, employment law, education law, public service access, uh, things related to uh, freedom of expression and assembly and religion and uh, and uh, uh, the matters related to equal protection against uh, race, age, and gender discrimination. So my particular sect deals with uh, the uh, criminal justice aspect of the civil rights community. Uh, and I focus specifically on things like excessive force, uh, false arrest, malicious prosecution, uh, privacy matters, prisoner rights, and uh, search and seizure issues.
2: Wow. Great. Wow. Um, whoa, you, you do a lot there. So, um, Kevin, let's talk a little about, I know, um, just what we have going on in the world right now. Um, you know, we, we, as long as the world is in existence, we're always going to have some civil rights um, issues, some violations but um, I know we've talked offline a little bit and um, going as much as you possibly can um, we discussed some of the things like where there's been some egregious actions where you see um, a police has apprehended someone and you know um, have them in the vehicle um, just just some, one of the cases you, that you were telling me about, if you can kind of uh, maybe share a little about that particular case, and just um, your your role in what you were doing in those type of things
7: initially, uh, I began my practice as a criminal defense attorney,
1: okay. and uh,
7: there were uh, injustices that I began to see, and uh, patterns of uh, police abuse and uh, the misuse of authority and uh, i began to see that uh, not everything that um, I uh, was told or everything that I read in the police reports or heard uh, from the police officers uh, was uh, 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 stacking up. You know, things just seemed to be a bit uh, a, a bit questionable. And so um, I merged police liability into my practice and uh, I began to, to grow and do more and more in that area than I do in criminal defense. And uh, particularly um, the the case that you're talking about involved a a, a young man who had a warrant for his arrest. He was taken into custody. And uh, as he was being transported to the jail, uh, one of the officers who drove him uh, turned the camera around uh, from the dashboard so that he could uh, film this young man in custody sitting in the rear, handcuffed. And uh, you could also hear the radio in the background, and over the radio, uh, you heard someone ask this driver, this police driver, to pull over uh, well, you can then see the car pulling over, and uh, you see uh, another vehicle park behind that police vehicle, and it's pretty clear that uh, another police officer has uh, arrived and got out the car and he approached the, the vehicle where the, the, the young, young man was handcuffed and sitting in the rear. And he, he, this was like watching a horror show. You could see this, mm-hmm. uh, young man's eyes bulged. Uh, they got as large as saucers, And, um, you could uh, see the door open because the light from um, outside just illuminated the interior of the car. Uh, it was, it was at night. And, um, all of a sudden, you, you heard this voice say, this dog and pony show is getting ready to end, and you heard the crackling of a taser uh, that uh, began to tase this fella while he was handcuffed and seated in the car, um, and you heard these, these blood-curdling screams and um, he began to flip around like a fish that was taken from the ocean and and put on the side of a pier or something. And um, the fellow lost consciousness, uh, and even while he was unconscious, he was still being tased multiple times. Um, He defecated (laughs) on himself, um, and um, um, he, you know, uh, didn't gain consciousness, actually, until he was taken to the police station and uh, literally drugged from the car and uh, brought inside, and, and without any question, um, the jailer accepted him, and uh, they booked him in, and that was that. Um, uh, that was one of my cases. It's one of the more egregious uh, back patterns. It, uh, mm-hmm. uh, thankfully, the, the fellow was not permanently injured, uh, but um, he sustained great pain. And the great humiliation, and he suffers uh, from anxiety from that event to this day. Uh, that, that's just an example.
2: And, and you know what? And I was, and, and as you were talking, and I'm jotting down a couple of things. Um, one of the things that you said, wow, and, and this is something that I talk about when you said watching this is like this. This is this is a horror show. And I think a lot of times, you know, I mean, unfortunately, you know, I've, we're grateful that you have these different things in place where you can see video or maybe hear the audio, because this is what helps prove a case. But even in that, um, Attorney Anderson, in, in, I have to look at this and I'm pretty sure um, Taurus, you can attest to this as well, because Taurus also um, has like 17 years of law enforcement background before becoming um, a counselor. But, I don't think that people understand sometimes a lot from watching this, the impact of the trauma that you're actually doing to your own self. I mean, this 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 is traumatic. And so one of the questions that I have for you, um, Kevin, is when something like this happens and you have a client, I mean, as we know, um, the civil rights has been violated, but is there something set up in Florida to where, Some type of counseling for them should be provided for them free of charge. I mean, do you guys have something like that, or do you find yourself having to, do you even recommend anything like that to your clients upon egregious cases like this?
7: Well, Tara, there's nothing that's set up by the legislature or in any of the municipal codes which uh, uh, facilitates uh, mental health counseling when something like this happens.
1: Uh, Mm. It is
7: incumbent upon the the lawyer, the plaintiff's counsel,
1: to Mm
7: -hmm. uh, weave that into the settlement or to uh, ensure that uh, mental uh, health is addressed when these events happen, um, because that is an injury. You know, it's not a broken arm. It's not a gunshot. It's a mental injury, and people suffer from anxiety, sometimes uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, sometimes uh, exacerbated uh, depression uh, will occur. And Mm -hmm. um, what I do is when uh, I I get a client, I generally will have that individual um, at least assessed by a health care provider to see whether or not, there is a need present for uh, further treatment and, and consultation and maybe even uh, some form of, of uh, medication. Uh, so um, that's a, that's very much on my mind when I process an individual uh, for uh, the representation.
2: Mm-hmm. That sounds like something, folks, that I'm talking. We're, we're going to later in the month, we will have a lawmaker um, that's on the show. But, That sounds to me like something that needs to happen. It needs to be into place. And I know it starts on state level, and then we're able to roll into maybe a a federal version of this. But it sounds to me like this. You know, they'll have victim counseling for, you know, when someone is raped or different other cases. But we need to start making something. I'm seeing where another law needs to be created. There needs to be some mandates. Um, we we got to put these things together and put put them in place. You know, we we vote people in, but we also have to make sure that when we if there is a need for um different law to come into place, we 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 need to make sure that we get behind these things and um, present it to the people that we vote in to put to put these things in place. Um, wow, um, my heart just really goes well, out to that. Too.
7: The George uh, Floyd Reform Act is uh, uh, pending as uh, we speak. It's uh, in the Senate, and uh, it's uh, you know, being discussed uh, you know, amongst the, the, the parties, uh, and uh, there are provisions that um, could do exactly what you're talking about with respect to uh, victims' rights. And um you know I don't know when we're going to see that bill emergent out uh, or become a law uh, there there are just so many things in, in those uh in those on those pages uh but um I, I agree with you it would be great if if something like uh mental health counseling as a form of damages when uh excessive force has been found uh could be put into place,
2: my lord um pesessa McCallum um, wow i'm I'm almost at a, at a at a loss for words right now I'm just because just in my mind i'm I'm just still thinking of just how egregious that that actually was um and and we have to think about the fact that sometimes we we don't even you know we don't even know you know um again if it wasn't for the cameras and for this man <laughs> turning the camera around, you wouldn't have actually been able to see. You may have would have had the audio, but you wouldn't have been able to actually see um what happened. Um, Pastor McCallum, I know a lot of times that um you you have um a platform to where when it comes time for election time comes around. Everyone wants to come and they want to knock on the door of the church. And I know in one of um in our segment last week, you spoke about how um, you hold the different people, you know, accountable. You know, and, and I think that's really important um, for for the pastors for for the pastors to actually do that because this is a time when everybody wants to get in front of the parishioners, but we got to hold their feet to the fire. So. Um, I don't know if you, if you want to kind of just elaborate on when you have, because I know you have a, a circle of people and we're back at that time right now where you're going to have a lot of them in. What is your plan or format as to how you are going to deal with these different people when they're coming in and they're making all these promises or, you know, wanting to speak with your permission? Right.
5: Correct.
4: Well, good question. I think the, uh, the attorney, uh, Mr. Kevin, did a, did a powerful statement there, uh, just that story you shared, uh, that I'm certain that's, uh, Quite a bit of that is taking place throughout the country. Uh, as I pivot, I think um, one of my approach to persons who uh, uh, who are seeking office was, uh, in the political arena is that if they wanted to come to worship, uh, be with my parishioners, that I don't have to sit down. I sit down and talk with them first privately, and I, and I engage them. I ask a series of questions, uh, pretty intense questions, uh, not just strictly uh, spiritual questions, where they are personally spiritually, because. Mm-hmm. uh that's important but I, I that's not my main aim drilling, but mm-hmm. that I mean but i wanna make sure what is best for uh our community how, how they're gonna best serve our community and uh and and hear you know wanna hear their their statement and if I feel uh, my spirit I sense that you know they've been they're just saying hey they wanna see something to make me or try to convince me it sounds good, and I just kind of say it like it is i you know' kind of a straight shooter and i I don't think you may not be what i'm we're looking for, you know and uh I, I felt in my angle that I feel like people have a tendency to respect you at least a little bit more when you're able to say it to them directly instead of right. saying things from behind them and around them. So I, that's always been my approach is to be honest with a person, you never know, them. be honest with them. You know, and um, and they come. I don't let them come up and speak on a Sunday morning in front of, in front of the congregations. They, they they can do it after the service. Or I, uh, mm-hmm. You know, when I'm finished with service, if they want to talk with the parishioners, then that's fine. Uh, but I'm not gonna let, I'm not gonna give them showtime on Sunday morning to do do their thing when they have done in showtime all the year. So um, that's that just my approach. Um, mm-hmm. That's very very important. Uh, I want to tie into what um, uh, the attorney said quickly, and I, because I know okay. you got others want to speak. That I got a I got a phone call yesterday uh, from the warden right here in Columbia that there's a young man on death uh, on on the death row. And I don't know how why but they reached out to me and he requested that he wants to talk with me, uh, uh, spiritually yeah. about uh he's I mean he's up he's coming up in the next few weeks. And he gotta make a decision how he wants to die. Mm-hmm. kinda of caught me off God. That's pretty heavy and I've been praying about it since I've gotten this news. Uh, that they reached, he reached out to me, he wants to he wanna come he wants me to come sit down and talk with counseling. Um uh, yeah. about what choice he gonna take which which direction he's going to take as to how he's going to die, and so these Ooh. things that happen, uh, these things are very serious. These things happen. Um, you know, that's a that's a that's a that's a mental situation that you deal with someone um, that's going to have to grapple with. Hey, whatever he did, I didn't get in the depth of it. I didn't need to know at the time. But my goal is to say something that's going to be certainly spiritual enough to get him to see that hey you know we, we serve a god no matter what you have done he's a forgiving god
6: right uh, right even if
4: society don't forgive you that god is a forgiving god and so that's right. going to be my approach to, to touch the to touch the real core of him that you know wow. god lo- god loves wow. the worst of all of us and so that's right so but these, wow. these things do that's happen. heavy
2: that's that's uh, heavy pastor mcallum that's that's yes, that's, ma'am. Ma'am. that's yes, heavy ma'am. but yes, but, yes, but i know yes, that yes, you are equipped you're you're equipped you're oh, called yes, and you're equipped um Yes, ma'am. Attorney Anderson um, and and just this is just, just for you because even with you, you know, we're talking about the victim's rights um, and just how egregious and, and the trauma that happens from, wow, well, dealing with these type of cases but for you just as an attorney going through um, all of these things and just the different things that you see, because basically for for you it's just like almost like what um when when Taurus was in law for law enforcement, what you would see out here on the streets, you having to go back through this. I mean, um and I'm trying to ask this in a way to where just just in the legal community, like, is there something, um, which you guys like maybe like with the bar or something that you talk about to where you guys are able to reach out and to have counseling because still yet with the things that you're seeing, even though you're not actually there when it happens, but if you're able to see in a video of this audio, I mean that that has to weigh heavy on you as well. Um, is there anything that's out there for, for you all?
7: There there is an impact and, and I'm affected. Uh, For the most part, we have a very active bar association here in the county. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a very large county. Uh, We meet up and uh, things are are done together, but uh, I don't participate in uh, a group session uh, to uh, kind of work off uh, energy or blow steam. Uh, Personally, Mm -hmm. you know, I I work out, I cycle quite a bit, uh, and uh, I sleep. That's important. We, we tend not to sleep <laughs> enough. You've got to get your sleep. You know, you can't mm-hmm. stay up all night and uh, hang out with the owls and expect to uh, soar with the eagles in the morning. It's just not going to happen, especially as we get older. Uh, so, um, you know, um, I, I love the spiritual base of, of your show because um, prayer changes things. And uh, dedication and focus uh, on your spiritual life. That is very important because although the outward man is worn out, the inward man is renewed day by day. And, you know, we can't uh, right. over, over pray and we can't um, underemphasize our reliance on our spiritual connection uh, because it is a ministry, Tara. You know, we're, yes. we're not standing mm-hmm. behind the holy desk and we're not preaching on Sunday morning with a robe and we certainly don't interview right. uh, politicians right. who expect to gain some political advantage in, in our congregation but we are doing things that are purposeful. As my colleague right. tells me, uh, it's meaningful purpose. And so when people bend their knees and they have prayer and they're mm-hmm. asking God to send someone for help and to do what they can't do, who do you think is going to go? It's a guy like me. Uh, it's a guy like, um, you know, uh, Tards, who's the, uh, you know, uh, the, the um, mental health counselor here. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so we have to be prayed up and prepared, and ready to to do another type of work, which is a ministry in and of itself.
6: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. You're absolutely right, Taurus. Um, wow. Um, <laughs> I know yeah. that you can see to a lot a lot of this right here. I mean, again, I I love the fact that you have the background from both sides on this. Um, what do you have to say? <laughs> We've heard a lot. We've discussed a lot. Of what do you have to
6: say to her?
3: Yes, uh, I feel like I'm lost for words again, uh, two weeks in a row. Um, but I think it's incumbent upon us to to ask ourselves, you know, what are we worth, um, and what is our value? And a lot of times, I'm dealing with clients. I'm I'm having to address that issue, and the thing is, we unfortunately for a, a larger part of society, we seek that externally. You know, we seek it from people, we seek it from uh, titles, we seek it from positions and, and and money and all those things. But at the end of the day, it's it's, it's temporary, and you know your value. If you don't have value in yourself, you know, obviously we get our value from God ultimately. But if you really don't believe that, um, that you're equipped and you were given everything and you just have to, you know, mine it out, dig it out, it's it's a struggle. And I don't know how, you know, we can get there, but it's important that we work towards that. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of changes are happening within our society, our values and, you know, um Norms and there's a lot of changes, and it's affecting you know people's sense of self um, and you know when you have these egregious acts like um, attorney Anderson was talking about, you know that's like a reality that's coming into cooperation with your mindset, and if you already struggle with your know, low sense of self and then somebody outside of you does something that's you know indignant or disrespectful, you know that's compounding. So you're dealing with multiple, right. you know, layers. Um, but it's really about, you know, really honoring yourself and, and, and realizing that, you know, as humans, um, basically we deserve that. We deserve the dignity. We, we deserve the respect regardless of what we look like or the shape um, or gender.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: And, you know, I, I love what Pastor McCallum said earlier um, about, you know, how do you approach wounds? You know, you don't do it from a place of judgment. You don't do it from harshness. You don't do it from critical um, responses. You do it from a place of, you know, assistance and love. You know, what can I do for you in this moment to, to, to bandage this wound, to get this hemorrhage to stop, to, to, to get us out of crisis? And then we can address other things later. But, you know, I mm-hmm. think sometimes we, our approach is so harsh and it's such a turnoff that people reject help. Because they say if mm-hmm. that's help, I don't want that help. You know what I mean? Wow. That's, yeah. right. that's right. Yeah. And I, I think it's you know it's, it's a lot wow. to this yeah. um, and you know a great conversation um, mm-hmm. that we're having.
2: Definitely, definitely. Um, wow, I tell you, this, this hour goes by so fast, but I want to get to, I want to first of all again thank each of you gentlemen for not finding it robbery to take the time to speak to our community our families um, to try to get us all to a place to where we can function as a well-sounding choir. Um, wow. Attorney Kevin Anderson, I want to thank you so much. I want to give you an opportunity to let everyone know how they could reach you Um if you want, you know, follow you on social media or whatever. But want to give you just, just a second, a couple of seconds to let them know that, share that, and if you have any last words, I want you to go ahead and, and put that out there.
7: Sure. The last words that are appropriate, uh, when you are confronted by a police officer or police officers, the best thing that you can do is to cooperate. Now, Uh, sometimes that still will result in things being done which aren't going to work out too too well for you. But for the most part, uh, you're not going to win on the streets by resisting or, you know, driving 100 miles an hour away from the police officer or running. Um, You're just going to uh, precipitate uh, something that is probably going to end up in you being hurt or killed. Uh, So even though you don't want to hear this, uh, just do what they tell you to do. And uh, nine times out of ten right. you'll walk away with, with at least your life if you want to contact mm-hmm. me, you can do so at uh, AndersonAndWelch.com. and welch dot com um, and uh that's our, our web address and, and there you you'll find uh, the contact information for uh both my partner and I uh, my uh, email is uh, k a n that's kappa alpha nevada at anderson and welch dot com um and our phone number is five six one Eight three two three three eight six. You can find me on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and also Instagram. Uh, Kevin Anderson underscore Esq.
2: Kevin, I, I thank you so much, and I definitely want to have you back on because we're going to have some more conversations. Well, we're we're dealing wow. with um, just different things that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so right now. My words are just so tangled up because I'm just—it's just—it's—it's it's, it's a lot um, at one time. But I definitely want to have you back on because we're going to deal with how prisoners are treated and um, their civil rights. We're going to do some more things with civil rights, and so I definitely want to have the opportunity to have you back on again, uh, Pastor McCallum. Any last words, and if you want to tell us where we can reach you at
4: sure thank you uh miss a little uh certainly to mr anderson uh as well and the my, my friend torres uh let me say that uh you can always uh uh see what we're doing ministry wise for the community at uh, bbcfamily.net again that is bbcfamily.net or you can certainly reach me at 803 754 1890 and uh, be more than glad anything I can do to help this. Uh, that's my goal is to uh, help you get where God really wants you to be. Uh, that's my purpose here. Uh, as, as, I, as a closing thought for me, uh, when you talk about counseling, I think Torres is right. I kind of line up with him totally. Um, I think one of the challenges that we have so often I see uh, in our community dealing with counseling as it relates to dealing with African-Americans is uh, some of the challenges. And one of my I sense my observation when I deal with people is when you try to encourage them, okay, as I get to talking, I think you need to go see a, you know, a professional. And most of them always have the tendency to say, well, you know, I don't know about that. I'm a little nervous. And what I've figured out my years of doing it is many times, many of them feel like they're not going to be understood if they go see someone. Mm
6: -hmm.
4: Second thing I've noticed about that, my my years of talking with people, they find themselves in trouble. I just need some help just you know just talk to someone besides someone within the body of Christ the church is uh being able to someone to identify with them and their own ethnicity. Uh as Tony said earlier, you know, we don't see enough, you know, African Americans in this field. A third thing I picked up is that they have trouble with presumptions and perceptions. Yeah. They go see a thing for how they perceive them. Or their presumptions of them. Because we are taught we are not the crowd, we we I hear people that take the Bible and say, well, we are fearful, we are one made, and we are, but we are still uh, finite creatures. We're still humans. We still, if Jesus wept, the shortest verse in the Bible, it's okay if we weep.
6: Yes, sir. It's okay yes, if sir. we cry. Mm-hmm.
4: And then I'll okay. close with that. You know, uh, sometimes, I, I think sometimes they feel like the, uh, the therapists are going to have a false pretense about them, you know. And so I, I just think these are areas that we have to continue to work on, the faith part. Of the total man, and try to pair up with those who are in the uh, the mental health uh, community to really help persons, counselors and others that uh, we work we can work together. Well, I think we
2: have to work together with the definitely, common goal to
4: help our, our community. Yes,
2: sir. Yes, sir. Torres,
3: thank you again uh, for this, uh, Miss Little, and I just want to say. Um, you know, there there are some ways to connect to counselors. I think the most popular um, and easiest way, um, PsychologyToday.com, is a great uh, tool for anyone that's you know looking for a counselor. Um, you can search you know by zip code. You can search by gender, race, um, oh, wow, okay. insurance. I mean, it it, it is okay. it's probably the best tool that we have. Um, you know, in Columbia, at least South Carolina. Um, and there's pictures. You know, you can see the counselor, um, and you okay. know, I have a profile on there, and we we also have a little spill about ourselves and kind of our approach. Um, I, I want to say that, you know, to address this 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 issue the disparity, you know, there have been some issues historically when it comes to psychology and counseling. You know, um, most the more uh, common and proper one was IQ. You know, the early IQ tests were skewed against people of color, um, and and that was one way that I think kind of perpetuated the stigma and, you know, counseling is not for me like the young lady said last week. Um, I think in order to change that, we have to do something about it, and we cannot be complicit by not being engaged and not being involved. And by not participating in counseling when you definitely know you need it, you're not helping the, the situation of what we're talking about, you know, here today. And, you know, just see, see it for yourself. I mean, even as a counselor, I went through counseling myself. I, you know, I, I was encouraged by my professor to do it, and it was necessary because I didn't want my issues to be brought up in a session with a client. You have to do that for yourself, and, of course, you have to do it for others if you want to have healthy relationships. Um. But thank you, Miss Little. You know, this is a great conversation and obviously we'll talk about it more as we you know, in the Definitely. upcoming weeks.
2: Definitely. Where where can you be reached or how can you be reached? Is there a number for you, Taurus?
3: I can be reached. I'm just gonna let you know. I my calendar is uh <laughs> is full, so um mm-hmm. it's eight oh three seven seven nine seven five zero zero. Um and you know, I stay pretty busy. Um Okay. I'm a I'm a male counselor. I'm, I'm African American male, so you know there aren't many of us. So I stay pretty busy with what I do. But mm-hmm. you know, like I said, PsychologyToday.com is another good resource okay. To, to, okay. to to connect with other counselors as well.
2: Okay, great, great. Well, I want you listeners to know. Um, definitely, I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you sharing with other people. I thank God for all of you that called in on today. Um, and just want to let you know, tune in with us. Tune in with us next week. We're going to have Geneva reed mother of Sandra Bland, on. Again, this is Pressure Points Unpacked. I'm your host, Tyra Little. Thank you for joining us, and I look forward to chatting with you next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Thank you.